Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Whether that is a Bible app or you've got the real deal, uh, I don't mean to say that your Bible app isn't the real deal. I just mean you, you might have something like me, a leather bound, you know, like tangible paper. That's what I mean. If you want to use a Bible app, you can. Uh, I don't think it's as good as this, but that's just my personal opinion. There's no condemnation. Uh, use your Bible app. Um, it's a fun tool to use, and there's a lot of study tools that you can use. I just like highlighting and circling and cross-referencing and just, just, just me. It's just the way I, anybody out there old school like me, right? A couple of you, right? Yolanda's Bible is like 50 pounds. She saved every sermon guide for the last 10 years. I don't know. She just, she loves her Bible too. So, hey, let's hold them up and let's do our Bible declaration like we do every Sunday in faith. And then we'll get into today's message. Okay, let's hold them up. Ready? Let's read it. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. My experience with God is determined by my depth in God. So some of you might have been here a couple of weeks ago, and we started a, just a, a mini-series, so to speak, and I'm simply entitling it, Stepping In Deeper, and my subtitle is, I'm Not Staying Where I Am. Come on, say that with me, church. I'm not staying where I am. So your personal experience and my personal experience with God and experiencing the things of God in my life are connected to, hinge on, are dependent upon, are right there with my depth in God. The deeper I go in relationship with God, the deeper I go in the maturing of the things of God, the greater my personal experience will be with God. And I'm simply defining the word deep this way from the King James Bible Dictionary. Deep is defined as below the surface, opposed to shallow, hidden, secret, or profound, right? There are things that God has prepared for us. As a matter of fact, in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, and 10, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him, but He has revealed them to us through the Spirit or by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And if you study that context out, it's talking about the deeper, the mysterious, the hidden, the secret things in Christ and of Christ that belong to you and I as followers of Christ. But Paul's saying, listen, 
on your best day, in your human wisdom, in a philosophical approach, no matter how smart you are, the revelation that God has for you doesn't start with your mind or your intellect. It starts in your heart or in your spirit. And the Holy Spirit who's been assigned to you is also supposed to be showing you the deeper things of God. So I want us to look at where are we at right now in my maturity level, in my depth. And I'm using Ezekiel chapter 47 verses 1 through 5 to help us to see that there are different levels of depth in our walk with God, in the things of God, in the things of the Spirit, in our relationship with Jesus. And I want us to look at this one more time to kind of give us a springboard. Ezekiel 47, reading out of the NLT, so easy to understand. So Ezekiel, he's a prophet, he's a man of God, he has a vision, and he sees himself on a tour with an angel, and an angel takes him through the temple. Most, most scholars believe this is a real messianic future temple that will be real, rebuilt. And then, then the angel takes him outside of the temple, and he walks him along the side of the temple, and he shows him a supernatural river. By the way, rivers in the scripture and water are symbolic of the Holy Spirit, symbolic of the Spirit of God working in you and through you and flowing in and through your life. And so Ezekiel sees himself on this tour with an angel, and an angel takes him through this river. Ezekiel 47, 1 through 5, he says, In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple, and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway, and he led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. Circle or highlight the word ankles. Verse 4. He measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. Circle or highlight the word knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Circle waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep. To walk through. Highlight or circle. Too deep. Deep. And deep. Wherever you see deep in verse 5. Notice. Ankle deep. Knee deep. Waist deep. Too deep. You got it? Say it with me. Ankle deep. Knee deep. Waist deep. Too deep. The title of today's message is. Stepping into full maturity. Stepping into full maturity. Obviously. We cannot uncover everything that needs to be uncovered in three hours of our service time this morning to step into full maturity. But we're going to give it a shot in the next, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, okay? But I want us to get a glimpse of these levels of depths. There's an illustration here spiritually that the Lord is showing us. And if you study the scriptures, it's crystal, crystal clear that one of the main goals, one of the main objectives on this side of heaven is for God's people to grow up and to become fully maturing followers, disciples of Christ. Can you say amen? Amen. 
That's one of the main goals that God has for us. Ephesians 4.13 says we're supposed to grow up and mature to the standard of Christ. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but it's a goal. And uh, I want us to notice these, these depths. Now, if you were here a couple weeks ago, I don't want to repeat too much of what we've already covered, but uh, the Lord showed me that ankle deep is simply salvation. And ankle deep is good. That's where every single one of us start. We get saved. We're in the family of God. We're forgiven. We're, we're, we're saved. Uh, God delivers us from the kingdom of darkness. Here's the challenge, though. God doesn't want his people to get stuck in ankle-deep water. Amen. He doesn't want us to just settle in and say, okay, I'm saved. That's good. I got my pass to heaven. I'm going to just kind of stay in ankle-deep water. No, it's dangerous there. It's not God's intention. He wants us to go further. So God showed me knee-deep. Say knee-deep. What is knee-deep? God showed me this. Knee-deep is reading the Bible and prayer. Reading the Bible and prayer. Now, there's so much in here, but one of the reasons that this is important, I want to show you is in verse 1 of Ezekiel 47. Notice verse 1. He said, In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Say temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple. Come on, say temple. And passing to the right of the altar on its south side. So he sees this stream of water flowing, and it's flowing from the temple, right? It's flowing from the temple. And I think it's so, so interesting that the supernatural river is flowing from God. God's the source, right? However, it's flowing through this temple, this structure, this building. And I want for us to make the connection in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 3.16. It says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Say it after me. The spirit of God dwells in me. See, if we will be people that are going to be ever moving into deeper waters of spiritual maturity, the very first thing we must realize is that ankle deep water or salvation, you and I have actually become the temple of God. See, we weren't before salvation, but after you got saved, the Bible says that God dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in you. You are the New Testament house of God, the temple of God. And now God wants us to learn to step in deeper to the rivers of God so that the rivers flow to us and then through us. Amen. And that is very much in line with what Jesus, Jesus prophetically declared in John 7, 37-39. Those of you who know the text, you're familiar with it. He, he shouted out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, listen, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But it gets better, he says, but this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit had not yet been given 
Because Jesus had not yet been glorified, dead, buried, resurrection, and ascended. How many believe that's already happened, though? The Spirit's been given. So in Jesus' heart, in the Father's heart, the Holy Spirit has been given to us, and he's meant to flow in us, and then through us, these living waters of refreshing and healing and strength. Not just for you and me, but through you and me for people around us. If you're with me, say amen. So that's one of the reasons why reading the Bible and prayer at ankle deep is so, so crucial. This is a place where we meet with God, where we hear from God, where we get to know the voice of God more clearly, more distinctly, more intimately. This is where we learn to talk to God and where we dig in the scriptures. The apostle Paul said this. He said, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. There's something about the knees that is significant in the Bible that always points us back to humility and prayer. Humility and calling out on God for dependency for our life. And then I love in Luke 10, 38 through 42, the Bible tells us a story of Martha and Mary. That's the sisters of Lazarus whom Jesus rose from the dead. Remember that story? Martha and Mary invite Jesus over for a small group, right? And then the Bible says that Martha... Was, was she's, she's busy. She's a go-getter. She's always working. That's a blessing, and we need that. She's in the kitchen making food for Jesus, and she complains to Jesus, says, Jesus, tell my sister Mary to get up in here and help me. Remember the story? Jesus turns to Martha and says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part that will not be taken from her to sit at my feet and hear my word. So, knee deep. This person is stepping beyond ankle deep. They're saved. They realize it's not the end. It's just the beginning. I'm in the family. I'm in the race. I've got to move forward. And now they're going into knee deep. They are making a decision. We are making a decision, amen, to invest time with Jesus reading the scripture, and learning how to pray, talk to God, and hear from God. But I want to give you a roadblock. Here's a roadblock to knee deep. Here's a roadblock to to investing time in the word and prayer. Here's a roadblock. Confusing activity for being with Jesus. That's a roadblock. Membership, church services, potlucks, Church work day, serving, media team, worship team, guest services team, kids team, uh, maintenance team, all of these different things that we do, that's good and that's part of our relationship. But the roadblock is I'm doing all these things and I'm keeping busy. Yeah, but are you learning to be with Jesus? Are you becoming a Mary in heart? Are you learning to knee deep time in the word and in prayer and receiving? You got to ask yourself, am I stuck at ankle deep? Am I okay with just being saved or am I getting into knee deep waters? Do I read my Bible? Am I developing a prayer life? Do I invest time to be with Jesus? Let me say it as lovingly as I can. It's possible to be saved and go to church services all your life and never invest time to be with Jesus in the word and prayer. Not only is it possible, but statistically, most Christians live that way. 
but not us, amen? We're stepping in. We're going deeper. You know, the Lord showed me two top reasons Christians don't read their Bible and pray. And reason number one is called apathy. Do you know what apathy is? Apathy is a lack of emotion, concern, or feeling about our relationship with the Lord. Just not a big deal. Eh. More interested in other stuff, whatever it is. Apathy. Don't be apathetic in your relationship with the Lord. Another reason he showed me was simply this. Listen, this is very relevant. A lot of Christians have their priorities out of order. I'm not saying that work and education and family and taking care of your house and stuff, that's not important. God says that's important. You need to do that. But I'm saying, Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. should be. So somehow, some way, you got to figure out a way not to try to fit Jesus in whenever you can, but to put him in first place and foremost so that he's center in your life and then you build your life around him. Amen. So don't get your priorities out of order. So many Christians have their priorities out of order. And, and that means they're not getting to the knee deep. And they're not understanding they're the temple. And they're not going deeper and further in their maturity in the things of the Lord. Next, Ezekiel 47 for the back half. Ezekiel 47. Remember, we're following these levels of depth. It says, after another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Somebody say waist. So this person, he, 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 he's moving beyond ankle deep. He's saving. And now he's, he's moving in knee deep. He's investing time reading his Bible, being with Jesus. He's learning how to pray. And now he's moving into waist deep waters. And the Lord showed me, waist deep equates living from God's truth or God's word. Living from God's truth. Remember Ephesians 6 where Paul talks about the armor of God. In Ephesians 6.14, the front half, it says this in God's word translation. So then, take your stand. Fasten truth around your waist like a belt. Fasten truth around your waist. Who's fastening the truth? God or me? In this text. Am I asking God to do that for me? Or is God asking me to do that for me? That's my responsibility. You fasten truth around your waist like a belt. So this person is now learning to not only uh, read the word and be with Jesus and pray, but now he's learning to live from the word coming from the center, the middle of his life. He's not being led by emotions. He's not being led by popular opinion. This person's letting the word have the last word. This person is saying, I don't know what they say, but I want to know what God says. Amen. So this person doesn't just have a verbal commitment to the truth. This person is learning to live from the truth. It's at the waist. When you study this out, and Paul's talking about the Roman soldier, there is something significant about that belt. It held his sword, it held other pieces of his armor, and if the belt fell off, so did the other pieces of his weaponry. God's saying, listen, if you want to be prepared for the battle, if you want to move into deeper waters, if you want to become mature, you can't just stay in ankle deep, you can't just stay in knee deep where you're reading, you have to now turn the corner to waist deep and live from the truth. 
You look at your life. Am I living from the truth? You have to ask yourself. You take inventory and check. Am I living from the truth? You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. When, when Jesus said no, he's, he's not just talking intellectually. He's talking about a more fuller, comprehensive, spiritual knowing that you know firsthand personal experience. And because of that, it's transforming you. It's shaping you. It's molding you. You're renewing your mind. You're, you're not seeing things like the rest of the world. I love Colossians. Colossians says, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For or because you died. And your new life is hidden with Christ in God. So there's supposed to be this new approach that we have as believers. Amen? And we're supposed to make a decision to set our mind on things that are pleasing to God. You can't do that. If we're not developing this knee-deep and this waist-deep perspective when it comes to the things of the Spirit and the Word. Amen? We have to be people of the Word. Be people of the Word. Let's be people of the Word. Let's pray that in right now. Father, give us a hunger for the Word. Give us a hunger for Jesus. Give us a hunger to go deeper in the things of the Spirit. Uh, take away the desires to be caught up in the mundane, in the temporal, in the earthly, in the, the worldly, in the seductive, in the demonic. Change us from the inside out. Give us a fresh fire for the kingdom of heaven on earth. Give us a fresh fire for Jesus. Give us a fresh fire. Pour out a fresh fire in us and on us, God, that will burn away the dross and the things that are not needed and the things that are harmful and the things that are hindering, God. Give us a fresh fire in the spirit. Give us a hunger for your word and for the presence of Jesus. We declare this in Jesus' name. That's what it's going to take for us to go deeper, to become maturing followers of Christ. You know, when you read the scriptures, Jesus never called his followers Christians. He called them disciples. I have a, I have a sense that many of the church are not disciples, but not here, amen? Amen. We're stepping into that. We're stepping into that. A disciple means a learner. When you stop learning, you stop being a disciple, a follower, a learner, an apprentice. Jesus discipled people to imitate him. Amen. So we're moving beyond ankle deep. We're moving beyond knee deep. We're moving beyond waist deep. Ezekiel 47.5. This is where I want to spend the next few minutes. Then he measured another 1,750 feet. And the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in but too deep to walk through. I love fly fishing. Many of you know that. I've been to a few different rivers in the North Carolina mountains, fly fishing. The first river up near Bryson, 
Uh, this one brother from the other campus took me fly fishing and some other guys. We did an overnight trip. We, we did the tent thing. It was like October. I was crazy. It was really cold. <laughs> and uh, so we went to the river and I had my waders on. And when, when you're just learning, you know, I, don't, I didn't even have, you know, now, now I have like a pole. So where you can't see the bottom of the river, you put that pole out there to make sure there's ground there before you take a step, right? I've learned that now. But that was my first time on the river. He should have told me. So I'm out there trying to find my spot. And up against the bank, for most most of the length that we were fishing, it, it was fairly shallow. You could see the sand. So I'm good right there. I'm learning. And then after an hour or so, I'm feeling a little more confident. And he's gone, and I'm giving it a shot on my own. October, about 35, maybe 30 degrees. It's cold. Not quite freezing, but it's cold. And I start getting out there, and I, I'm just trying to catch fish. I'm not paying attention to depth at this point. And I, and I see a spot, you know, that looks like it'll hold some fish. I went down, buddy. I wasn't paying attention. It was too deep. And the only thing I could do at that point was 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 wail my arms and my feet and the river's current was just taking me and my waders were filling up with water because there's holes up here in your waders right Brian <laughs> and water was just that's the last thing you want to happen is to step into too deep water when you're fly fishing because your waders get full and you could drown so the the next hour was not pretty I had to get out and thank God he did tell us Bring an extra complete change of clothes just in case. I had one. I spent the next hour in the car drying off with a heater, changing clothes. So in that instance, too deep was bad. Too deep was bad. But in this instance, too deep is good. God showed me that too deep water equates this. You ready? Living in the currents of the word and the spirit living in the currents of the word and the spirit. So this person saved ankle deep. They're moving on to knee deep. They're reading their Bible. They're being with Jesus. They're learning to pray. And then they're at waist deep and they're learning to live from God's word. And now they're, they're going too deep and they're learning to live in the currents of the word and the spirit. In other words, they're not just naturally trying to navigate life. They're leaning in to the word that's been feeding them and built up on, on the inside of them and the spirit who partners with the word in the life of the believer. And it's carrying us through life so that we're becoming more and more mature and, and manifesting Jesus where we go. But here's a roadblock. Here's a roadblock to these, to these waist deep waters uh, that I want to show you to going deeper. Here's a roadblock. Having the word central in your life without the Holy Spirit leading and controlling your life. So I could be a person of the word and prayer. And I could be a person who's learning to live central, uh, central place of the word in my life. But I could be lacking in allowing the spirit in the word 
to lead, to influence, and to control my life. Very possible. And it's very possible that some of us could be doing that in one or two areas in our life. So don't hear any condemnation. Hear another opportunity to step in deeper. God wants us to learn to live in the currents of the river's flow of the word and the spirit, the truth and the spirit of God. You know, the Bible says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. Being led by the spirit of God is a natural benefit, a natural inheritance of God's children. And he wants for us to learn to grow to the place where we're being led and instructed and and influenced and directed and filled with the word and the spirit. Amen? How about um, Galatians 5.16? It's a good snapshot of what this would look like in our life. Galatians 5.16, the amplified version. Listen. But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. I would say, go with the currents of the word and the spirit. That's what he's saying. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. The Holy Spirit is a person, not just a force, not just a power. He says, and then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful nature. When you get saved, you get a new nature. But sin is still very much alive and active. And that old, dead, sinful nature is going to try to be activated by sin. And sin, through the devil, is going to tempt us and try to get us to respond. As a matter of fact, he says, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. So living in the currents of the word and the spirit look like this. It looks like I'm learning to walk in the Spirit by His influence, by His directives, by His leading, by His direction, by His wisdom, by His guidance. And the more I learn to do that, the less opportunity I give to the old sinful nature that wants to kind of come up and do what God doesn't want me to do. Amen. So that's what, how are we doing in that? Maybe there's a habit that I want to break. Maybe there's a mindset that's not healthy. Maybe there's something that keeps tripping me up and I keep trying and trying, but it's still tripping me up. God wants us to be free of that junk so that we can walk in the total freedom and maturity that he has for us, representing Jesus everywhere we go, carrying the oil of the fragrance of Christ everywhere we go, allowing the rivers of Christ to flow Everywhere we go. What about Galatians 5, and 23? You know it. But the fruit of the Spirit, that which the Holy Spirit produces and manifests in your life is love. Singular. Fruit. That's the fruit, by the way, that all the other fruit flows from. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Kindness. Goodness. Faith. Gentleness. Self-control. Against such there is no law. In other words, you're not just trying to do these in your own will. There's a grace of God that's on your life and in your life now in the spirit who gives you a supernatural compulsion to walk in God's ways instead of your old way. How are we doing in that? Are we stepping into the currents of the word and the spirit and becoming more and more mature? 
So we got gifting from the Spirit to be led. It's not really a gift. It's a, it's a yieldedness. And then we got the fruit of the Spirit. How about the power of the Spirit? 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given, is given to one, to each one for the profit of all. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with gifts in hand. And, 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 and he wants to, to demonstrate them. He wants to manifest, reveal Jesus through these gifts that he brings. And they're beneficial to all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills or as the circumstance calls for. God wants us to lean into this and learn to increase our faith and yield to the Spirit's activity in and through our life. So that's part of stepping in deeper. That's part of, of learning to allow uh, the flow of the Spirit to move through us as the New Testament temple of God. Amen. For example, when somebody gets sick, I'm guilty of this. And they're telling us what they're sick with. And then what do I say? I'm not saying you do this, but I've done this on occasion. More than I should. I'll be praying for you. I'll be sure to pray for you. We're praying for you. And then not do it. I'm not saying you do that. But I think a lot of Christians do that. But when we're learning to flow in the currents of the word and the spirit. And be led by the spirit. We say, hey, you know what? Why don't we come into agreement right now. Over the phone. Or in person. The Bible says that we shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. The Bible says that I've been given authority in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Exodus 15, 26, that God is our healer. The Bible says that by his stripes, we are healed. The Bible says these signs will follow those. Who, do we believe that to the point that we're yielding to the spirit instead of saying, I'll pray for you. We're saying, let's pray now in Jesus name. And we just do it. Amen. That's part of this currents of the word and the spirit. Why? Because you are the temple of the living God. And he wants to flow through you. Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, too deep. Have you been blessed by the word this morning? Come on, let's be here. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.